Hey guys, it's me. I'm back. Alright, so this week I wanted to talk about SmackDown instead of Raw since I went over Raw last week. But I generally prefer SmackDown for the most part, usually. I think they have a better show, but that's just my personal opinion. So anyway, we started out with Kofi Kingston coming to the ring and cutting a very impassioned promo on Randy Orton about how it felt good to hit the revival with the chair the week before and how Randy Orton, he was going to get Randy Orton at Clash of Champions and beat the crap out of him and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And after Randy physically held him down instead of just metaphorically held him down, so anyway, Orton interrupts and he says by saying stupid just over and over and over again. And it was pretty annoying actually. You just hear in the background, stupid, stupid, stupid. And it really reminded me of like my four year old or my six year old when they just repeat the same thing over and over and over again until you have to like put them in time out to get them to stop that's what it really reminded me of he reminded me of a child trying to be annoying honestly but he reads a letter from Kofi's son Kai that talking about how Kofi's his hero and also his dad and how Randy Orton's mean and supposedly makes him cry at night and whatnot and then he ponders that and he says hmm I'm staying in the same hotel as your family so then he proceeds to threaten Kofi's family and that he's gonna go visit them so of course Kofi runs to the back to try and protect his family and stop Randy Orton from uh, getting to his family so they have a big pull apart brawl in the back and finally Kofi gets laid out by a draping DDT which then it cuts to a medical update from Big E he comes out of the training room and he has an update that Kofi's gonna be alright for Clash of Champions and he threatens Orton that he might not make it to Clash of Champions after their match later in the night. Which, actually, I like this. I like serious Big E better than, like... I mean, he's good at being funny and the comedy stuff, but I kind of like serious Big E better, honestly. I, I want to see more of him. We see glimpses of it every once in a while, but I want to see more of it, honestly. In my personal opinion, anyway. And then we had Ollie uh, against Buddy Murphy for the quarterfinals in the King of the Ring tournament. And this was a great match. Very physical, kind of a high-flying match. Kind of what you'd expect from these two guys, especially being like 205 live guys. And there was an amazing spot where Mur Buddy Murphy basically deadlifts Ali from the stomach and just throws him out of the ring and then does a flip dive on top of him that was that was crazy 
but then Ali came back with a reverse Rana, which he dropped him right on his head, and I was like, Jesus, that looked like it sucked, but finally, there was a draping tornado DDT by Ali, followed up by the 450, and Ali picks up the win, which I'm fine with, I mean, I was really fine with either of these guys winning, honestly, but... All, so Ollie winning is cool with me. It doesn't bother me. And then we cut to backstage for uh, Bailey and Ember Moon promo. And the two of them. And they're talking about Charlotte and how she's ruining the division and all that kind of stuff. And trying to inspire Bailey to like beat the crap out of Charlotte and whatnot. And then I said, oh god damn it. You know why I said that? Because here comes Lacey Evans. And I'm like, no, why? Why her? So she talks about blah, blah, blah. Y'all are nasties. You're ruining the division. Blah, blah, blah. I don't care. So then we cut to Miz versus, versus Sami Zayn. And Miz comes out cutting a promo. On, and calls Zayn a clinger and a spokesperson for Nakamura and he can't cut it in the ring so that's why he's a manager now and all that kind of stuff and then he challenges Nakamura for the Intercontinental title at Clash of Champions which brings out Sami Zayn in street clothes even though they were supposed to have a match so you knew they weren't going to have a match and it was going to be like an attack angle or something and so Zayn calls him the king of soft style, which I thought was kind of funny because everyone trashes on Miz for being so safe and cautious in the ring and not really doing any, like, crazy big moves, which is fine. I mean, prolong your career, go for it. But Miz calls him out, and uh, Sami Zayn refuses to come in to the ring to wrestle him so he says oh i'll come out there and beat some respect into you so he chases Sami Zayn, gets out of the ring i should say and chases Sami Zayn. but then he's attacked from behind by nakamura gets two kinshasas from nakamura one against the led board which looked like it kind of sucked but good angle i thought and good way to kind of build this feud so then we cut to backstage again and Elias and Kevin Owens in Shane McMahon's office and Elias tells uh, Kevin Owens that Shane isn't there at all, isn't there at first and then Owens says, oh, Shane isn't here at all? And Elias goes, no, now you're getting it. So he says, oh, thanks. And then he leaves. <clears throat> Alright, so then we had Bailey against Lacey Evans. Ugh. It made it even more cringe the fact that at the beginning of the match, after she try Lacey tries to kick her, I hear I'm pretty sure it was Bailey yell arm drag right before Lacey rushes her and Bailey gives her what else? An arm drag. <sighs> I hate it when wrestlers loudly call their spots like that because it just 
I mean, I know it's predetermined and it's all planned and they call their spots all the time and I understand that, but it kind of takes away the suspense, suspension of disbelief for me, at least, because when you have them calling spots like that, you know what's coming. So it's like, what's the point of even doing the move after that because you know the move's coming? But... I think it's a problem with Lacey specifically, though, because I saw a clip from, what was the last pay-per-view that happened, Stomping Grounds, when she faced Becky, or Money in the Bank, when she wrestled Becky, and she uh, throws Becky into the corner, and you can hear Becky yell, back elbow, and I wonder if it's just that she's greener than the grass I'm looking at in my yard right now. Or if she can't hear very well. She has like, she's hard of hearing. I'm not sure what the problem is. But, I mean, this wasn't a very good match. I wasn't a big fan of it. But, I mean, what are you going to do? They got to build Bailey up somehow and give her some new challengers I guess because I guess Ember only gets one match now I mean she lost clean and I get that but normally they do at least two or three matches between a couple people that are feuding but maybe they're changing that who knows but then we had cut to backstage with uh, Eric Rowan. Oh yes, his he got his first name back, so that's cool. And Daniel Bryan, who we were told all night were expecting an apology from Roman Reigns for accusing them of trying to kill him on multiple occasions. So instead of calling the cops, they went and Bryan and Rowan being they, they went and found the guy and revealed him and it to me it looked like a you know when you go on community creations for those of you that have the 2k wwe games and you want to download somebody that's not on the game and someone's made the person but maybe they didn't go that detailed with it or they're not that experienced and i mean you can tell who it is but it doesn't look anything like the person it looks like the person, but, like, it's kind of off. Well, that's what this guy looked like. He looked like a bad, like, create-a-wrestler version of Rowan or, like, a half-ass version. But they say they won't leave until Roman apologizes to them. So then we had Big E versus Orton, which, as I mentioned before, we got serious Big E, which was cool to see, and I hope we see more of. And it was a good back-and-forth but until the revival interfered for Orton and cheap shotted Big E in the face behind the referee's back. And that went into an RKO by Orton for the win. And after the match, they laid him out with, I think they're dubbing it the Super RKO. But we'll see if they continue with that name going forward. So then we go backstage again for a Chad Gable promo and he tells, talks about how he's going to show all the people that underestimate him because of his height and his size. And then he is interrupted, unfortunately, by Shelton, Benjamin that is, 
and he makes he makes some short jokes about Gable, and I was surprised he actually spoke because when we've seen him recently, he just kind of looking around the room like he's insane or a psycho or he sees a fly flying around. I'm not sure, but I was surprised he actually spoke honestly. And then they replayed the. 24-7 title stuff from the Fox event that I'm sure all of you have seen before, so I won't go over that. And then we cut to Elias in the ring. He's in the King of the Ring throne, and he cuts a promo about how he's going to become King of the Ring and all that kind of stuff. And then Kevin Owens peeks out from behind the throne and attacks him, and they brawl, and then... Kevin Owens hits the stunner on Elias, and we see R-Truth sneak in and pin Elias to win back the 24-7 title for the 5,000th time. I'm not sure how many. I. But then he is pinned by Drake Maverick, who runs off celebrating with the title. So it looks like they're kind of going with these three as like the hot potato title people. Which is alright, I guess, but I thought the whole point of it was to make it feel like anybody could win. And they did that with that Fox host winning, but like it just kind of seems to bounce back and forth between Elias, R-Truth, and Drake Maverick all the time. Most of the time, anyway. But then we had Shelton versus Chad Gable, which was the final quarterfinal match for the King of the Ring. And I enjoyed this match. It was a good match. And they cut to Andrade watching the match on the monitor backstage with Zelina Vega and getting ready for to meet the winner next week, which was Gable. And I was pulling for Kevin Owens, but they kind of blew that out of the water with that Shane McMahon bullshit. But now I'm kind of pulling for Chad Gable, honestly. I think he should win. I think he he could use it more than a lot of people that are left in the tournament. He could use the win to kind of elevate him or give him a step up, in my opinion. But then for the closing segment, we had Roman Reigns cutting a promo, and he asked the crowd if he should apologize, and of course they said no, and he said, oh, you should look at this video. You you all should look at this video. So he showed us the video of the scaffolding falling on him, but this time it was a different camera angle or extended footage or something, and you can see Rowan in a hoodie pushing it over and Daniel Bryan after this flips out on Rowan he talks about he hates liars and he slaps the shit out of him until he finally walks away and then he grabs the mic and comes out to the ring and is telling probably lying most likely to Roman Reigns saying Oh, I didn't know anything about it. Someone told him to do it, but it wasn't me, which is we know is all bullshit because it's all leading to Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns at whatever show they finally decide to wrap this up at or do the match at, I should say. But he gets speared, and that's how they go off the air. I think this storyline 
it was fresh, but it was kind of stupid. Like, I was kind of ready to get through it just to get to the Brian and Roman match. So I appreciated that we finally got to the end game of it, which it should be a pretty good match. So that's my SmackDown review for this week. And as always, I will put the Podbean link in the description if you want just the audio and you don't want to listen to it on YouTube or whatever. But until next time, guys, stay safe. And I'll see you next time.